Welcome to the Data Coffee Break Podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Christian. If you are passionate about data like us, take a seat, relax, and join us to our coffee break where we discuss all things data. And remember, there are no filters, no PR. It's just a real life experience. So let's begin. You know, I was just looking at the fact that the notes for this episode were written in December. And time is flying by very quickly, by the way. I, know. <laughs> I, I think la- last time we were recording was with Siggy. And it was um, before I started to work? No, maybe. No, it was on your, yeah. f- your first two weeks of your new yes. job. Yes. You were visibly tired, you know. <laughs> I remember the first three days of my job. I had a headache all day long. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> of information overload. <laughs> But you were using now storytelling on your new job. Yes, uh, in the way that when I demoed like the the other week, uh, I went on site to a partner. I use a storytelling. I first use the analogy idea. Yeah. In the case of the the software we are selling to the market is around observability of data, data observability, and I took the approach, which is basically a mix of. A remake of what I've presented during my interview process, so we can speak about that. <laughs> um, it's it's actually I was like, okay, I like to bring an analogy, like to start the presentation, and it was the analogy of an airplane. Mm-hmm. And I said, like, go back in 1905. You are one of the brother wig, so the creators of the airplane <laughs> in some aspect. And if you haven't seen, you can look some pictures online or even videos. And you will see them flying in their machine. I don't know if we can call that an airplane already, but they're basically lying down on 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 the airplane. It's completely open. There is no instrument whatsoever to say what is the temperature, what's the airspeed, what's the airspeed, what the altitude, etc. Is basically flying by what you see <laughs> around <Yeah>. you. <laughs> and fast forward now, you are like. 2023, one of the most modern airplanes in the world is, for example, the Airbus A380. And when you look in the cockpits, you see like dashboards everywhere with visualization, with like airspeed, uh, radar, like uh, what are the status of the airplane on different parameters and things like that. And obviously, the stakes are much higher because you have like so many people in the airplane and it's a billion dollar industry. And I said, like, how would you feel if you are one of those pilots and yes. you you have a doubt if you can trust the information prompted to you? And I start with this ad- analogy where this is where many organizations are at the moment. They have dashboards, they have metrics, and they make a decision on those, but they're not sure if they can trust this data. <laughs> and that's my kind of analogy slash storytelling part that kicked off one of this presentation and I used the slide deck for that for my interview process. And that's, um, I think it's nice because it's easily relatable for everyone. That's really good. Yeah. And it can, for people that are in front of you that are not data savvy in this case or whatever the industry is, it's relatable for everyone. Yes. So you can make it uh, as an easy step to make to understand the topic you want to bring to them. That's my point of view. That's really good. I think um, because storytelling, I mean, the word speaks for itself, right? It's, you're telling stories, but mm. you, what you just mentioned is, I think is the key part of it, which is you want to engage the audience, first of all, and you mm. want to also make it relatable. 
in our role, this is, I would say, is a must to practice and to master. Mm. When I say our role, I'm talking about more on the pre-sale side of things in tech. When you are the person that needs to translate uh, something that is highly technical into understandable or relatable terms. And I think storytelling is that, you know, it's like the key piece in order to actually do it. Um, in my case, I, I usually... Whenever I do a presentation, I try to tell a story uh, of a character that is related to the audience that I'm talking to. So, for example, if I'm talking to a, I don't know, data architecture people and data engineering, I tell a story of, you know, Data Jane, that she's a data engineer that is in charge of providing a fictitious company with insights by cleaning, preparing data. And she's really good at it. But I will bring the hypothetical example that the way that she's mm -hmm. sharing data is not really scaling. She starts to burn out because she, she needs to give data to marketing. Then the IT department started to reach out to her, asking her for changes in multiple, I don't know, dashboards and shared data sets. And she starts to become fed up about it. And this is why by leveraging this new software, she actually finds out that uh, she can democratize yeah. the data by making accessible for everyone, by providing access to data in a centralized and governed manner. I cannot talk about this in detail because this is related to work, but that's a way that I try to make it relatable and easy to remember for people listening to the story. And for example, next time I see an airplane, I will think about data observability. Thanks to you, man. Thank you. <laughs> this is a goal. This is a yeah. goal. As you said, like people will uh, associate the stories, the image you put in their mind, in the brain to, to what you try to explain to them. I guess it's also a principle of marketing, maybe. I know. <laughs> One thing uh, I would like to go back to your story, and I think it was perfectly matching what are the what they call the three act structure of a storytelling? Um, and basically, so for the audience here, this is fantastic to take as baseline. If you want to create a storytelling for whatever you want to position to someone you're selling to, presenting, uh, etc., you want to create a story that is well grounded, that is well structured three acts three three stages three different parts you have to consider the first one is act one the setup which is in your case this um data engineer working for a fictitious company so you're explaining the characters the setup uh what this individual is doing in their life um is really like the goal is really to establish the world of, of this story um, and what is at stake, what are the pro protagonists or what are the other individuals in your organization. Second act is where you explain like just this individual started to be like overworked or whatever could be. So this is called the confrontation act. Um, this is a middle story. It's a, the middle part of, of the story. And that's where this protagonist is facing some obstacles and challenges and Obviously, this person is trying to overcome them. Yes. And the main ingredient of this act is to create this tension um, and to raise the stake. So if you think about movies, you're going to see it's always like that. First, you have the setup. Yes. Second, you have the confrontation where like 
the villain and <laughs> the nice person. Mm-hmm. And the third act, obviously, is the resolution. That's where the protagonist is finding a solution and everyone is happy. You resolve that. And if you take that in the, I mean, in from our own goal, like a, as a solution engineer, this is where this protagonist becomes successful by using the software we are presenting to them, by using the the technology we are presenting to them. So they position as heroes there. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's a really good way to put it, the three acts. And quite frankly, it's not that difficult to come up with, with it um, because everyone, we have experience, you know, like different things. In your case, for example, when you were talking about the airplanes, everyone has been on an airplane, right? So it's something that you can do. I remember that... Mm-hmm. When I joined this um, pre-sales role, I started to become a bit more conscious of the experiences that I was having. And sometimes I even push myself to do something new, to go and meet new mm-hmm. people. And I really believe that when you tell a story that happened to you or when others can relate, this really becomes more yeah. powerful. By all means, I'm not telling people to go out and have an adventure, right? But I really believe that when you create a story around something that really happened to you and make it relatable is when you can achieve that sweet spot when it comes to storytelling. How long did it took you to like master this kind of techniques from your point of view? <laughs> what, what did it took you to learn the ropes, uh, practice that? Do you have like... Um, a story to say about that, <laughs> some experience to share. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I'm a, I'm a master, but um, but uh, yeah, you, you need to create yeah. like a habit on every time that you're going to do a presentation, you you try to at least tell one story at least, right? So, so you engage with people. To answer to your question, I think the ones that I started with was to see other people doing it, first of all, and see how they did it. And quite frankly, I started with other people's story, like in our previous job we used to tell the story about this australian reporter will we call it where is will and essentially what will did is that he open sourced the metadata for his cell phone and based on this metadata you were able actually to get patterns of which days did will go to the office when did he actually stay at home for working from home when did he go on holidays? Because you had all the metadata, all the location from his phone. And this story is actually telling you like, look, this time Will actually arrived late to work. This time Will actually came back late to his house because it was a Friday. Exactly. Actually, at some point in the story, there is a gap in the data, which makes you thinking like, where is Will? And you just actually realized that he went on holidays to Tasmania. And again, it's a really good story actually to tell. Yeah, it's a fantastic story. Uh, at the end, as you explained, like uh, you start to understand the pattern of this uh, individual, and at the end, you you end up like in the story, and your audience is in the story of where is Will literally, and you forget you are forgetting like that you're looking at the software to visualize data. You're forgetting about like what are the functionalities you're yes. using. That's really powerful because you. Uh, you're showing the power of what you've created by removing all the complexity and simplifying for everyone to be able to understand. Yeah, so in this story, you try to get where is Will based on his location data that he shared. But then the next step that I did is that 
what if I did something similar to what Will did? Not sharing my data publicly, mm-hmm. but maybe start analyzing my own data. And then I start doing this kind yeah, of stuff yeah, yeah. and start doing it and then it becomes a habit, right? You're right when you said like it should become a habit for people. As long as you remember those three acts, uh, the pro- protagonist, the confrontation and the resolution. And as you said, practicing to put that in so many different situations when you present something. So we've been speaking a lot about our role as pre-sales in different organizations using this technique. Doing that as an individual contributor, like working with data, is a fantastic way to explain every time we will have to do a presentation. And it doesn't have to be specifically when you do a formal presentation to other teammates, to a manager or whatever. It can be when someone asks you some help to explain something with data, a technique, um, using the analogy, using the storytelling technique really help to break down the difficulties and to create some memorable stories uh, so the individual will remember <laughs> remember you like as uh, the person that is explained in a very easy way something. Exactly. It doesn't have to be that, that strict. And if someone would like to practice or uh, get a bit of more ideas, mm-hmm. I would suggest also to watch TED Talks. Oh my God, TED Talks. And you can just search for the most watch TED Talk, right? You can see like how people do storytelling there like mm-hmm. properly and the ones that are more memorable for people. Of course, that... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the microphone just uh, just went down. Um, yeah, so those are the ones that th- there is an amazing storytelling there. You don't need to to give a TED talk, but it's more like a you, that's another place where you can get some tips, and tricks that you can then apply to to people that are around you, right? Even if it's not um, something that formal. Did you know that actually? So TED talks are eighteen minutes long. I think that's the limit they give to to speakers. It's actually grounded in science. Why it's 18 minutes? Oh, no. Tell me about it. It's like a kind of like intention span, like for, for people. And in the sense, like 18 minutes is a sweet spot. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know for you. I did try in my job to apply that, but it's not really possible, at least for me in, in my, in my case. That's a really good one. I, I didn't remember about the 18 minutes rule, but yes, I mean, I was doing a, a quick, search now and it says that the brain burns energy consuming lots of glucose okay. oxygen and blood flow that's what the researchers at ted talks did and that was um uh, when the brain is um processing information but uh, which is to your point apparently that's that's when they realize that this is the the ideal time oh, wow. for the brain right that's really cool i do remember ending up in meetups in london so more technical related meetups in around the data space where topics are truly interesting, like reading the description, you know that is going to be an interesting topic. But in some cases, we ended up in situations where the speaker was just not applying storytelling techniques, very scientific and analytical. And that can be the link, I guess, with uh, Tech Talk, because Tech Talk are usually, uh, at least at its origin, used to be like a lot of... Uh, researchers, PhD presenting, and they have like a, a specific way to speak about their topics at conferences, which is let's be blunt and honest, dry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because because it's a very scientific method, and for conferences, scientific conferences is fantastic. But going back to my point, ending up in meetups where presenters were going too much in this angle where it was dry like too scientific too analytical and 
ending up speaking for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, one hour, and people lose their attention lose the attention for on the topics it's only for possible for people with like a very technical background who can relate extremely well to this specific topic to stay focused and to be able to understand every point and remember everything for people who cannot relate to this topic it's much more difficult so that's another example and reason why storytelling is is important and is good yeah. and i guess the, the last thing about it is that storytelling usually inspires action and that action could be like i'd like to have the same resolution as the one in the as the character in the story right i would like to have that good resolution or i would like to know more about the topic i would like to get them you know my hands on on whatever solution it's been proposed if i go back to your story the, to me, the, the action is like, I don't want to be the person look, <laughs> looking at the dashboard that does where the, where the numbers may be wrong, right? So that is something important there, right? But you don't need to even need to be like that upfront to say like, please don't load my, my solution or please try. The, the story itself inspires him to take action on it. And speaking about call to action, Mark, what could be a good, a good one as a takeaway? Mm. As we said, it's important to taxi habits to do it. On the three acts, so setup, confrontation, and resolution, call to action. Next presentation you have, please sit down five, 10 minutes. It doesn't require more than that. And associate for each act a few words that is going to help you to, um, to create this storytelling structure and just Imagine in your mind what could be the story you can wrap around for for your presentation, for for what you want to expose to your colleagues, yep. and try to create a, this structure. And you will see with time, with repetition, it will become easier and easier to do those kind of stories. Love it. I really like it to have that. Yeah. Um, I can give a pro tip. If you don't know mm-hmm. how to get started, just talk about how you were preparing for this meeting. Yeah, I live that. I live <laughs> that's that a good one. I live that as well. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes I have no idea, and then I just can reflect on what I was doing. This is great. I love it. So, well. for example, you can say that actually, when I was preparing for this meeting, I was listening to this podcast, and that actually inspired me to do something different for this presentation. Again, especially if this is your first time, right? It's all about practicing and, of course, make it relatable for other people. Perfect. That's fantastic. Right. Good episode for that. Hopefully, uh, everyone is going to be a a storytelling master. Exactly. And see you, Mark. Thank you. That was really good. Uh, You really are also like a storytelling master. Thanks for listening to this episode. (laughs) This podcast represents our views and not the ones of our employers. Our mission at the Data Coffee Break podcast is to inform you and help you grow in this always changing data field. Follow us and get into the conversation with the community on our LinkedIn page and Instagram. See you next Tuesday. And until then, keep your data caffeinated. <laughs>